You're listening to the House Hustler Podcast, powered by listing leaders. In this episode, we talk about goals. It's a subject we've been wanting to tackle for quite some time, and I think I speak for everybody that when we were all said and done, we kind of looked around the room and thought that was a really great hour of content. We certainly hope you find some value in it as well. Here's how it all went down. Volumes are good. I'm excited. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the House Hustler Podcast, presented by Listing Leaders. I, for one, am super excited about this week's episode. It's something we've been talking around and kicking the can down the road for quite some time, yet it could not be more important, and I think it fits really nicely into the beginning of the year. The topic is going to be goals. But I'm not the only one who's going to be talking about this kind of stuff. My name is Brandon Rainwater, and I'm surrounded by three beautiful faces. Please introduce yourselves. I'm Sarah Verputin. Josh Wozniak. No, I'm Brian Manning. Yeah, we've heard you guys before. <laughs> How is everybody? Doing good. Doing quite good. I do think, like you said, this is a great first episode for the year. Yeah, right? And we've been talking about this one for a while, right? Uh, I think we're all kind of naturally goal-oriented people, and for a lot of new brokers, this could not be more of a relevant topic toward, you know, giving yourself the best chance of success in a field like this, right? Exactly. Yeah, but for everyone, because I just think it's really easy to go with the status quo, and maybe you can break out of that. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of, I think if you're a new broker, you've already... uh, familiarized yourself with breaking out of the status quo, right? Because you, you're trying something new. You're walking a new path in life, and that should be exciting and scary. And I think goals should will definitely help you navigate that and highlight the path that you're going to walk and with a little bit more clarity. Uh, I think standing out like that and, and coming out of the norm is one of the most important things for new agents because I think a lot of people don't realize when they're getting their license that all their potential clients already know multiple realtors. Mm-hmm. So then you have this uh, dilemma of like, well, how do I – become their realtor. And if you have strong goals, then you'll start to really stand out. 100%. So before we jump in with both feet into the deep end and talk about nothing but wonderful goals, we're all brokers. We're all do this every two weeks. Give us a two-week breakdown. How's it been for everybody the last two weeks? Let's start with Brian. How you been last two weeks, I'm buddy? doing good. Uh, been real good. We just got a clear to close last night for Griffith. So Heck yeah. I'm closing on that next week after uh, the holiday. And uh Moving on to the next project. Moving on to the next one. I yep. dig it, brother. Glad to hear it. Josh. That's awesome, Brian. I uh, My last two weeks has been pretty good. I actually uh, got my listing under contract in, in Michigan City, and uh, this has been up for a little bit. I think we were, were somewhat overpriced, but we found somebody in the um, in the right range for us to uh, accept on the negotiation. And uh, so we're actually going to be closing that on this upcoming Tuesday, which I think is January 17th. Uh, so that's good. Going to get that one closed up. And this was actually a repeat business, too. So that was exciting. This is a client that I've worked for before. And then I actually just met somebody the other day, and it's a pretty solid lead on like a $400,000 listing, which would be my biggest listing yet. So right on. It's been a pretty solid two weeks, I think. You know, How good does it feel to have that repeat customer, to be able to provide them value the first time so much so that you get to do it again and again and again? Does that feel, how's that feel? It does. It feels great. And you know, in our, in our correspondence uh, recently, it was stated that in the future of doing business, we were, we were discussing you know, something that would be different. And uh, so that's reassuring, too, that it's going to even be more than just twice, you know, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Ideally, I mean, that would be the perfect world is to have clients that just keep coming back, have great clients that are loyal to you. And, and would refer you as busy. well. You exactly. Know, something organically growing your sphere by treating people the right way. I love that. That's good stuff. Sarah. Hello. How's your um, last two weeks been? They've been a little nuts. Yeah. Um, I feel like January 2nd hit and everybody is coming out of the woodwork again, which is, so I've had a few people calling me about buying, uh, which is great. Um, I had a deal that I thought was just gone. Um, It was a contingent, like a buy sell, but they were contingent on selling their house and the, their buyer backed out. uh, So I thought that was just done and then literally on the very last day of their contract we got another offer so i was <laughs> no so way. it saved two deals which was very exciting heck yeah um 
the listing that I said I was going to have by this time is going live Wednesday, actually, now. So we had a little bit of a delay, but that's okay. I've got a fit for sale by owner under contract, which is always like... You got a FISBO under contract? Well, yeah, I've, I brought the buyer. You brought the buyer. I brought oh, the buyer, okay. yeah. So can we Can we unpack that? Yeah. What was that like working on the buy side of somebody who's selling the house by themselves? Maybe how was that situation or that pro, that uh, that deal different than maybe if they were represented? So I've done that a couple of times, and I feel like I I mean I'm not their agent also, but I feel like this like moral responsibility to be good to them too. Right. So, um, like, obviously, I'm going to represent my actual client's best interests, but I try to just be extra open about the process and, like, extra communicative with the sellers because they don't know necessarily what's going on. Yeah. And so, was, there, so, was there motive for being a FISBO profit? Uh, yeah. And honestly, we bought the house way cheaper than I would have ever listed it for. Like okay. at least 20 grand cheaper than I would have listed it for. So like I I definitely think they would have been better off using a broker. But yeah. they think they did they they're happy. My buyers are thrilled. So So you know. So just to be clear, this uh, this property was not listed, right? Correct. Okay. So as far as like sending over a like making a contractual arrangement to buy did you still use the typical um, iar purchase agreement yeah so just... still Good use question. the same form um, but then i also sent them a form for my commission so the the it's a for sale by owner or builder agreement where they then ap- agree to pay you and you put the percent in there so like where did I, you get that form that's in that's in zip forms, zip forms. as well okay. and then you have to have your managing broker sign it they sign it um so that's just kind of the extra little step um i wanted to order title so that i mean i didn't know who they were going to call or what they were going to do so um and i had been told that if you order title on a for sale by owner it saves the seller a couple hundred bucks because they charge more if the seller doesn't know what they're doing Hmm. and they have to do the majority of the work so i ordered title and then of course i told them hey i'm gonna order title because (laughs) you know and then they were thrilled that i was saving them a couple hundred bucks they were appreciative yeah good yeah um but that's really the main thing you just have to get that agreement signed so that they know that they're paying you did they give you a decent percentage Two percent, but that's what they had advertised in Zillow going. Okay, two percent's not terrible. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not it's terrible. Just, yeah, I so cringe a little bit at certain price points. Well, you know what? I, <laughs> right. At certain price, I points. look at it a little differently. They they went cheap and yeah. they lost out on a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah. Well put. And I always when I used sometimes when I see two percent or even less than it's always like well one of two things happen either the listing agents uh, greedy and or they undercut themselves so hard to get the deal. Right. That they had to pass that along, and I've seen both actually. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Thanks for unpacking that. I was yeah. uh, that's a yeah, that's a absolutely. unique avenue that we could all learn a little bit from. So yeah, appreciate you sharing that. My last two weeks is pretty good. Um, I had a got an accepted offer on a house in Wanata. Uh, we've I've been working with this buyer for a long time. And basically, he was uh, his sense of urgency was low because he knew he wanted to be in Wanata. And so what we did is <laughs> the last six months, maybe five houses have gone for sale in Wanata. We've just seen them all on the first day, right? So we saw this one on the first day as well. Um, turned out to be actually a really pretty hot listing. Uh, within 24 hours, they had four offers. No, within wow. 12 showings, four offers. Three with escalation clauses, and I got mine done. So nice. wow, that, that nice. always feels good, right? Yeah. That's always a good feeling. And then I had um, I had my listing go live in Dyer. I have a, and did an open house last Saturday. That open house was actually pretty successful. I had it's so nice. I had my preferred lender showed up. We we hung out, spent some time together. I had another broker show up. I had a couple other brokers show up on behalf of their clients, and then I had three different families come and walk through the property as well. So, open houses are not dead. They absolutely work. Sure, they're great for building buyers lists. We're not necessarily out there to sell the house, but they will continue to serve a purpose and work for growing your business. And then I am still kind of like, I'm hesitant to share a whole bunch, but I um, started work on my flip. I closed on my flip uh, last Thursday or a week ago from Thursday, and we've already started demo, and I've got a structural issue that I know I needs to be corrected. So 
Uh, it seems like every day after class, I'm meeting somebody over there getting bids and trying to line up contractors and play project manager and on top of all this. So I'm like Sarah, I'm a little bit crazy right now. <laughs> things are busy. Things is are that, fun. Is uh, that something that you've envisioned though for quite a while is to be in that role? It is. It really is. So I, I'm um, I'm almost, let's, we are, we're going to talk about goals today, but goals are also a mindset. You got to have that mindset of being a goal-oriented person and I'm really, I think I'm in such a good place of a mindset here because all I'm really wanting out of this is an education. If there's profit on the back end, which there should be, there's some meat on the bones. I've left myself plenty of room to screw up and learn, right? But my main motive or my main goal for this flip is this crash course education in how it works and how to be a good project manager and how to make things as lean, as efficient as possible. So one of the things I'm doing in, in regards to this, I'm keeping impeccable data. And so that I can, once it's all said and done, review and learn and tweak and make more efficient. And once it is all said and done, I'm certainly, I want to share that with everybody. I want everyone to learn what I've learned um, and, and I'll share my data. But it's, it's exciting while it's happening, a little nerve wracking, but it is very exciting. And it's one of my goals. So it's been one of my goals for a long time to flip a house. And I'll share really briefly, one of my goals for this year is to flip two houses. I want to learn, I want to close on this one, make some money off of it, learn from it, and do it one more time before I jump into 2024 and maybe start uh, ramping that goal up a little bit. Goals is what we're going to talk about today. And I'm so excited about it. I've, we've all had this seed already planted in us. I think we're all probably goal-oriented people to begin with, which makes us excellent to talk about it and at least have this conversation. Um, I don't think any of us, uh, just speaking for myself at least, I'm, I'm no expert on goals. I struggle, I trip, I fall, I learn. Um, but I can remember from a young kid having three different sets of goals, short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals. And I think all three are important. And one of the first things I want to discuss, kind of some entry-level stuff, is why goals are so important. And not just why goals are so important, but why goals are important when you're in a sales environment like us when you're a 1099 employee where that check does not come every two weeks why it is so important to establish goals set them and then give yourself actionable steps to achieve those goals Josh you want to give us your opinion there yeah um, I like what you said by acknowledging that you sometimes trip up and uh, fail or fall short um, on goals and that's actually one of my goals this year is to uh, fail a little bit more openly. I feel like um, that I'm always kind of hesitating to be too much in the public eye because of mistakes that I'm liable to make or failures um, that I may experience. But what I've been thinking about is how the difference between failure and defeat. And if you're failing but you're, you're not giving up and you're continuing to push, then you're not defeated. And I just feel like what I what I need to do is get a little bit more comfortable with the possibility that I will set a big expectation to a lot of people and then fail in front of them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a goal of mine this year because I can be a lot more outward um, about what I'm trying to do and be less afraid of it, you know, not happening and what other people will think about that. Um, so that's a goal of mine this year is to is to just be a little bit more outward. And it actually goes to something that I wrote down here, which is to become accountable to others. So I think that instead of being afraid of other people knowing your goals and knowing that you're not reaching your goals, you should see the utility in that and mm -hmm. think that with the days where you've lost focus or the days where you're not, you know, uh, being accountable to yourself, that maybe somebody else will kind of be serve as a reminder um, yeah. by knowing that and just let other people help to keep you on track. I love that. That goes on hand in hand with kind of sharing your goals and then having an accountability partner, right? Where you guys both share your goals. Uh, you're both intimately aware of how each other wants to, what need they want to accomplish. And of course, two heads are better than one. And anytime you have somebody who can help keep you accountable, uh, you're always going to stand a greater chance of success. I want to switch to Sarah, just because Sarah, like me, was a W-2 employee for a long time. And there's a certain comfort that comes with just knowing yeah. that check's coming every two weeks. You mm -hmm. can run your lifestyle on that. And then uh, we use the term golden handcuffs when you break them and you're not there anymore. And now you're, uh, you're in real estate full time and it's that hunter mentality where if you don't hunt, you don't eat. And 
goals are super important. So maybe could you tell us how uh, maybe you employed some goals or some of your goals and the way you uh, worked them into your business when you did quit teaching? Well, like I knew my family needed to eat. So that was goal number one. No, but goal number one really was like I knew when my, you know, being a teacher, uh, you can elect to have your pay go over the summer and get less all year. And so that's what I had done. So I knew when I quit teaching the end of May, beginning of June, I had three months before the check stopped coming. Um, And that was it. Like that was the only cushion. There was no like big savings. We were teachers. There was no big savings account. So um, at first my goal was just to make sure that I could pay my bills for the next month and that I had a closing one month that would like extend the dream another month. You know, that's all it was, was like one month at a time. Can I make this happen? Or do I need to go get a part-time job kind of thing? Um, And so I did a lot of number crunching and like reverse engineering of what my goals needed to be, um, how many houses I needed to sell, how many leads I needed to get, how many, you know, phone calls or texts that meant that I needed to do. And so, yeah, it just became a little bit of a... uh, panic one day at a time can this happen and can I make this happen another month and then somewhere along the line that initial panic disappeared of like okay I can do this I can sustain this I guess is really what it became and then once I knew I could sustain it well then it changes everything and it's like okay well if I can sustain this what else can I do and so um that's when we kind of, Susan Mender and I kind of dreamt up our team. And um, now we've got all sorts of other goals. So it, I feel like if the goal at first is just survival, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to figure out where your life is at. And I think that's why sitting down and like dedicating some time to your goals is the best thing you can do. Yes. So uh, there's two things I want to point out there. And the last, the, one of them is the last thing you just said. Um, with intention, block time and give yourself space and time to think about what you want your goals to be, what they should look like. And then the second part I wanted to reference that you had mentioned, which is so important, is learning how to reverse engineer your goals. Yeah. We have certain metrics, specifically in the real estate space, where we know quantifiable numbers. Ide- um, example, 2% of leads sell. You'll, you should be able to turn 2% of any kind of lead, no matter how ice cold they are, into money. So based on that metric alone, you can reverse engineer your goal based on however much you want to make in gross commissions on your average average house, how much it's going to make you, how many leads you need to make to, in order to make that happen, in order to sell two houses a month. Uh, it, it's We have these numbers, and there's books and charts to help us. I just One thing that bubbles up to my mind really quick is The Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller. Uh, Excellent book, a little bit old, but that book is designed to teach us how to reverse engineer our goals, specifically in the space in which we operate. Yeah, all I did at that point was like I just grabbed some Ganire data, and it was like, okay, in Lake County, the average house was two hundred fifty thousand. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to assume I'm going to get two and a half percent on each of those, so I did two and a quarter, and I just did the math of like, okay, what is one deal going to earn me on average? And then how many of those do I need to do after taxes and um, just like sitting down and mapping it out. And I think that's kind of what. I love that. And, I, and, you know, I almost want to marry that with what Josh just said, because you're doing it organically because you have a partner and a team. And I imagine you guys sit and you crush your goal. You guys determine your goals together and how you're going to go about accomplishing them. And then maybe if you don't have a team, what Josh said is perfect. Get an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Share your goal with somebody who you like, know, and trust that's in your sphere and in the same space so that you can have that person as well to help keep you accountable to your goals. Well, and so what we're doing is um, Susan and I meet together every two weeks, every Thursday morning. And like we have, we know what our overarching goals are. But then during that two weeks, we set like, we set a two week goal and we write it down and we, it almost, that is so short term that it almost becomes like a checklist. Oh my gosh. So, I was already going to talk all about that. Go ahead. Oh, okay. No, so, no, that's so good. So then when we get back together two weeks from now, like, did you do it or did you not? 
you know, like there's some, like you said, Josh, like real accountability in that. Yeah. All right. Brian, Brian, who is somebody who is a W2 employee, still crushes it in real estate, gets better and better each year. How do you employ goals uh, to work to your benefit in your unique situation? So I got to juggle. You do. My time. Right. And and the W-2 place definitely takes up a lot of it. You know, I'm, I'm putting in 60 hours a week. To do the, the real estate, I had to set my goals lower than probably what you guys did because I just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. But I, I make sure, you know, I, I've, I've ranged time uh, at, at, at the – penitentiary prison to make sure i start at 4 a.m and get off at two so that at two o'clock i'm open to doing whatever with real estate mm-hmm. and then that allow that gives me the, a little bit of the time that's that's my problem is the, my goal would be to get more time but i there's only 24 hours of the day i know don't you wish there was more <laughs> yeah yeah i do but I, I've, I've been working at it and chiseling it and and you know and i put my goals out this year it's probably the first time i've ever put my goals on blast mm-hmm. you know through social media good for you and then just sharing it and like what josh said with the accountability is just encouraging people that i know that are in my sphere to hey where are you at you know hey you know what are you doing How, how's this going and and because of that i've picked up a couple future listings but they're just not ready yet you know to go mm-hmm. live yeah so I'm, I'm thankful for that that's awesome but, yeah, goals are very important but yeah it sounds like a lot of years might be uh time management yeah. How to best manage your time to serve all the things that you want to accomplish. Right. And you do that well. And it sounds like you do that well. Uh, I want to switch gears because let's let's define a goal. And I'm going to get a little cliche on some things that, you know, I found in the old interwebs and that's been swimming around my nugget for the last 41 years. But what is a goal? A goal is a dream with a deadline. That's what a goal is. And a lot of times we hear in, 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 uh, in goal setting is your goal needs to be supported by your why. And your why needs to be strong. Your why needs to be the reason you get out of bed every day to do what you do, to slowly chip away at your goals to accomplish them. So I kind of would like everyone to kind of share what their why is. I think everybody here has agreed that we're goal-oriented people. And I would like to hear what it is that in your life in particular that supports your goals. What's your strong why? Josh, would you mind sharing? Um, my why is to express myself. Uh, and to everything that I think and believe and love and appreciate, I want to convey it um, in a in a form that will live past myself, so that my children can enjoy it, my friends can enjoy it, um, people who need it, people who need to hear something or know something will know that, so they can have a better life. So that's my why is to make life better for as many people as possible in all the different domains that I'm interested in. I love that. Much that's really noble. That's a super Thanks. noble cause and actually mirrors mine in a lot of ways. You know, if I can be honest, the word noble, I appreciate that, man. When I was younger, oddly enough, and this is like one of those things, another one of my goals is to just accept myself more and be more open about who I am. And one of the things that's kind of unique about me, I guess, is like when I was a kid, I kind of wanted this like noble death. Like, I don't know why. I just always wanted to die saving somebody's life. And like, as I aged, I realized that the the real solution would be to, to live for people, not to die for anybody. I mean, if that day comes, you know, but to live for people. And so that's just, you know, that's really where I'm come from. Like, I want to produce food for people. I want to help people become homeowners, just help people just live a good life, man, and just be, be at at ease with you know the human condition and just love love life while you have it josh that makes my heart happy on so many different levels and last night as i was i was just bored at home i queued up hamilton hamilton's one of my favorite i'm a musical guy hamilton's one of my favorite musicals and there is this scene uh this quote that the character who plays george washington says to john to to, um, alexander hamilton and alexander hamilton wants exactly what you want he wants a noble death he wants his death to matter. And George Washington looks at Adam right dead in the eye and he says, young man, dying is easy. Living is harder. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's so good. And it just speaks exactly to what you just said. And I super appreciate you sharing that. That's well, really awesome. And I think I'm going to watch that. I've never seen it. So maybe oh, I'll go so and good. watch it. Could not you come like more it. recommended. I, <laughs> I cried. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, would you share your why? Um, so my why ultimately is tied to my health. Like I... Like I've said before, I was a teacher. I never thought I would be anything but a teacher. 
and then I had this like health crisis. So I mean, I ran a fever every day at 11 o'clock, low fever, but for five years, like I could not physically handle the grind of teaching anymore. And so like my family was suffering, like my house was a wreck. Like when I got home, I just passed out, went to sleep, like it was bad. And um, so my why has become kind of like you're saying, like being there for my people. Like I was no longer able to be the if I were going to if I was going to be the teacher I wanted to be, I couldn't be the mom, wife, friend that I wanted to be. And ultimately I had to choose and it was killing me. So ultimately I had to choose myself and I had to choose my family. And so um, that made me a little emotional, actually. But like, I don't think I've said that out loud for a couple of years, but it is. It's like so I had to like I had to make the switch and I have to make sure that my people are okay. And so they became that why. And like, I think realizing like, like I'm there, I'm a mom, you know, like I have, I want to be there, like, and not just like zombie show up, but actually like be there. And so, um, real estate, I actually just shared a graphic, um, on Facebook, but it was like, you know, succeeding can look different every day. And it's like Monday, the person's standing up. Tuesday, they're flat on their face on the ground. Wednesday, they're sitting on their laptop, you know, and like that's the life I can live in real estate and still succeed as opposed to just like the five in the morning to six at night, sometimes a lot later because I did your book. We'd be there till 10 at night, you know, like the hours of it. I, I, I need this flexibility in my life physically so um that became my why really easily that's really beautiful yeah that really thank you for sharing that (laughs) absolutely brian i feel like mine's a combination of most yours and and that is i want to be independent Mm -hmm. i i want to be shackle free i don't want to be tied to one place and and not being able to to move about freely and and if i want to take a tuesday off take a tuesday off no one cares i I want to do this so that I can be better person for my family. Mm-hmm. So the, for the ones that I love, plus the ones I'm, I haven't met yet, you know, yeah. I, I feel like a big chunk of me is pulled back and, and I can't do and say as I please because of that place that mm-hmm. I, you know, you've, you worked there, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, my why is, is to, is to start, bringing this forward and, and, and gain some major steam and momentum and, and be able to bust out of those shackles. And you will too, man. I 100% know you will. But yeah, that's really good. Thanks for sharing. I When I think about what my why is, um, my why is likely my longest term goal. Um, I, I, I always have short, medium, and long-term goals. And when I think about what my longest term goal is, I think it actually kind of mirrors Josh's in a little bit. But I just want to leave a legacy I want my time that I, the very, very short time that I spend on this planet, I want it to matter. And I want to make sure that I just leave it a slightly better place than it was than when I got here. That's that's probably my longest term goal. And real estate gives me the freedom to do that. Um, and it gives me the autonomy to run my business how I want to. And it gives me three of the most important things that matter to me as a person, which is my scenery is always changing. I'm always meeting new people and I'm providing value where I can. And I am, in that case, kind of making the world a better place. And that feels good. That feels good to my soul that I know that the work I'm doing matters. And I, Brian, I feel your conflict. I feel your conflict because you've put significantly more time than I did in the penitentiary. And <laughs> the time that I was there, I, would, I had played horrible mental games with myself as I was constantly plagued by the thought of what could I create and build if I was working for myself, not somebody else. And you've got way too much time in to switch gears like I did. Yeah, <laughs> you're I, way you're on the you're on the bottom end of that hill, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm coming down to the finish line. You are. You really are. So that's super commendable, and uh, I appreciate you sharing that. I want to talk. On I want to say really yeah, quickly yeah, that please. I'm really glad we all got to cover that. There was palpable uh, authenticity and depth to what we were all saying, and that just goes to to say why it's so important to know that why, because the why is so much more powerful than the goals of how. 
Mm-hmm. So that's something I just think that we should all be reminded about, Susan. It should not be two more years before you say it again, you know, like what you said that you haven't said in a while. I think we should all be touching base with our why a lot more often. And everybody should, and that's exactly why. is because it's, it's just far more profound than the, go- the everyday goals that you're going to have to get there. Yeah, I like that. So that almost like is one of the things I definitely want to talk about. What we're going to talk about is writing your goals down and then having that vision board. But I think one of the things that escape a lot of our vision board, which is covered with our goals, is our why. Right? Like right. maybe we should be putting eyeballs on our why, not just the goals, uh, the why that supports our goals, not just our goals. That's so good, Josh. Um, I want to talk about the psychology of sharing goals. Now, Sarah and Josh just kind of talked about accountability partners, Sarah with her team, Josh with, a, with an accountability partner. But I want to come at it from maybe on the other side of the coin. And it's the psychology of sharing it and how us as humans are predispositioned to solve problems easily where we can without thinking. Um, we, if we see a problem and we know we can solve it easily, we're, it's hardwired in our DNA to do so, to be of value, to, to, to do something that's, you know, I don't know how to describe it. So I'm going to describe it with a story because I always talk about in my class the importance of sharing our goals. It's a great way for a new agent to grow your sphere. What do I mean by that? Well, we know what our sphere is. There are people in our circle who already know, like, and trust us. Well, when we create a goal, I always tell my students to share it with your sphere, but ask your sphere to share it with their sphere. It'd make you look good. I have a goal of selling, you know, 20 houses in 2023. If, uh, if you know anybody who might benefit from the value that I could bring, please pass along my number. I'm going to make sure that you look really great for doing so. And maybe a referral on the back end, right? And the reason that we do this is because people are hardwired psychologically to help somebody else accomplish their goal if they could do so easily. I put this to the test. My Jeep was going to go to the shop. I need a body work done. And I had Got a hold of Enterprise, and I was like sticker shocked. There's just no way in hell I'm going to rent a vehicle for that price. <laughs> um, I threw it out on social media. Hey, here's exactly what's going to happen. Um, I would be happy to pay somebody half of what I would normally pay Enterprise if they let me borrow their vehicle for a couple of days just while my Jeep's in the shop. The response I got was overwhelming. Overwhelming. Just from people who I didn't know because they had the extra vehicle, because it would have been no sweat off their tush, to provide value for me, help me, and, you know, all because I shared what I needed. It's just, it's organic the way people work like that. Um, So that's so important for us, especially as new agents, to not just create our goal, but share it. Anybody have any thoughts on that? The first thing that comes to my mind, and this is something that I've struggled with, I'm learning more to do, is to let people help you. Right. Like what you just oh, said. Oh, the worst. Right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Josh. Josh, you Preach hit the nail it. on the head. Tell us more. No, really. And, and it also makes me think about, like, parents, too, like at one of the deeper levels for everybody. Like, for me, I really started to reject my parents' help, like, when I wanted to establish my sense of independence, you know? And then after a while, you realize, like, okay, I'm going to let them help me, and it's not for me. Like, yes, I could do this by myself and might even prefer to do it for myself. But just letting people help you. If you seem open to accepting help, there's so much help out there. There's so many people that want to be a part of what you're doing, that want to um, feel useful, like you said. And so if you make room to accept people's help and, and then even if you find a way to help them in return somehow to where it's no sweat off of your tush, as you said, Um, then it's like you really have a much better synergy with everyone else and like so much more of what could potentially be done in those relationships will come like to fruition. I love So why do we put up this mental block? I think it's ego. I think it's that I I want credit. I don't want you to get involved because I want credit for this. We all want to be the one that falls on the sword, not the one that like, you know, that is the one getting help. Like what is it that makes getting receiving help receiving help yeah. like hard why i think part of it is what you the accomplishments that you identify with if someone can make a valid claim that you couldn't have done it without them then you can no longer kind of sit there and feel like on your high horse that you did all by yourself you know like um yeah sometimes you have to sit there and be honest that hey i would not have been able to do this without this person and this person and this person and it's Maybe people just lack that humbleness because we want 
to achieve great things, you know, put our stamp on it. I, that's, that's so beautiful, Josh. That but guy, it, I can't even know what to that say. That also <laughs> that flows both ways, though, because sure. if you see somebody that has a goal that is trying that needs some help, uh-huh. and a lot of people will just looking at them as like they're panhandling, you know, they're 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 begging, you know, they're they, oh they they don't want to do this on their own, and they're they're not as as receptive to help that individual. Uh, you see it all the time on social media, you and know, somebody calling out for you know a, a call to arm action and you might have five likes on it, you know, two comments and somebody, you know, legitimately, maybe you're like the Jeep story. You said it went real well. Well, when the people that find out that you change all the presets on the radio stations, (laughs) they may not, the next time you only get like five likes and two comments, you know, I'm not saying that you did that. No, you probably did, but of course, but no, I'm just saying I see people all the time that they, you know, they reach out, they're looking for help for something and, it's a lot of kind of no one's really responding. Well, it, that happens. I also think that's going to be very individually based because uh, I'm the kind of person who uh, wants to provide you value but won't ask for anything in return. So I, I almost kind of like so with this flip that I'm doing, right? I, you're not going to see me post anything about social media on it. It's it, this. I'm going to play this really close to the chest. But one of the things that I tell people is I've spent the last three years in real estate collecting favors. I'm cashing in. <laughs> like, I have too many. I have too many people who don't want to see me fail, and you know because I've provided them with so much value that are already in that space. It's like I'm cashing in favors now to make sure that this happens. But because I operate like that, because I will, all I want to do is be of value, and that provides fulfillment for me, even if I don't get anything in return. The value I provided for you is is fulfillment enough for me. So one thing I want to say about that is like in sharing your goals. Um, we're, we're discussing here, like the people that come forth to help you. And I know that for me personally, one of the things that has been a handicap and a source of like hesitancy for me is like knowing that there's also people who see that and they want to see you fail. And the haters of the world. Are, do you use that as motivation? Is that motivation for you or is not, that a hindrance? Not historically. And that's what I'm saying. Okay. Historically, I've allowed that to be a, a roadblock between me and the people who I need to reach, you know, my supporters and uh, the people who, who like me and want to see me succeed. So, yeah, I think that's something that you have to basically accept is that there are going to be, be people who want to see you fail. And realistically, even worse yet, there are people who will quietly try to undermine or sabotage what you're doing, you know, which is like a fear that I have mm-hmm. is like if people don't like you and maybe they're, you know, have access or influence in what you're trying to do, then it could really become a problem, you know? So, but but I think you just got to push through that and you have to, you just have to err on the side of um, being vulnerable and counting on the fact that more people want to see you succeed than want to see you fail and just be persistent and have the discipline that the people who want to take you down or want to see you fall, you're going to get back up and keep moving anyways and just prove them wrong that way. Yeah, no, I think a lot of that has to do with mindset too. Um, if, if you go into something like that with the mindset that you're just going to have haters, you're going to have see, you're going to, there's always going to be people who are rooting for you to fail. And it's because, you know, we all know if we took, if we'd walked a mile in their shoes, we wouldn't want to be there. Right. I mean, that's just the way it is. Mindset's very important when it comes to establishing and sharing your goals, um, staying focused on the positive, not on the negative. And that's obviously, obviously like Brian was alluding where social media can be a huge crux. Uh, it can be your best friend, but it absolutely can be your worst enemy when you're trying to accomplish goals. So let's um, let's move on. Should your goals scare you? Should your goals scare you, and why? Thoughts? Um, the idea that we want our, our goals. There's always been this kind of a, a motive in goal setting that your goals should be just out of reach, not attainable. Why do you think that is? I think it. I, I've. I've uh, do your I'm goals tired. scare you? Uh, yes, I've got some goals that are way out there, but I look at mine in tiers, you mm-hmm. know, like, well, let's just say baseball terms, yeah. singles, doubles, triples, and home runs and grand slams. The grand slams are going to be rare, you know, it's gonna be hard to get. Uh, and the singles are easy ones. Yeah. And, and the, the goals that I put out on uh, Facebook for both my realtor and personal goals, some of them are easy. I already got one of them done, you know, uh, and there's like losing weight. I, you know, it's no mystery because anyone that's seen me, I'm not a little guy and I need to get this stuff off before, you know, it becomes a long-term health issue. That's a hard goal. That's, that's the grand slam, you know, to get, 
that goal be as scare skinny you? as Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's a hard goal. Yeah. And and sure. I'm doing some radical steps to get to that goal, but it's you know it it'll be there, and I, I have faith in it. But it's one of those you you got to keep. That's a goal that like uh, those grand slams are hard. You got to like looking at them at, at a stopping point, a checkpoint. Yeah. You can't just say I want to you know I want to lose you know 50 pounds if that's the, your your goal, because the instant you get on the scale and you and you go up a pound because you know whatever you had to you you automatically get discouraged and throw that goal out the window exactly so that is and that is like my biggest thing is like the action steps behind the goals because saying you want to lose weight which is one of my goals because the medicine i was on made me gain 50 pounds so when you said you want to lose 50 pounds yes i would like well, to lose mine, 50 pounds yeah, actually my number's bigger but yeah <laughs> I get you. That's literally the number for me that the medicine put on. And now that I can like be off all of my medicine, which is awesome. That was like, that was the goal last year. So now the goal is to lose the weight that the medicine caused. But like, that's not historically my strong suit either. Like I just kind of went through life and whatever happened with health happened. So um, lose 50 pounds is not realistic for me. It's not going to happen. So I had to make my goals like I'm going to do this three times a week. I'm going to do this five times a week. I'm going to do this. And then even with that, I wanted to cut myself some grace and say like, okay, if I am going to go like walking three times a week, that's 150 something times a year. But I'm not like three times a week, but I'm only going to hold myself truly accountable to like 130 times a week because I need that little grace for the slip up. Otherwise I'm the kind of person who's the perfectionist and is going to be like, well, I already screwed it up. So, you know, like whatever it's done anyway. So I like those smaller supporting goals have to be there for that bigger goal Mm -hmm. to be accomplished and to take it back to real estate. Like if your goal is to sell 30 houses this year, cool, we can all say that and we can all write that down. But I feel like it's those supporting goals, those smaller ones underneath. That will add up to that. Right, that become the goal. The goal can't just be like this far out wish. It has to have the actionable sub-goals that happen underneath it that that create it. Exactly. We're speaking the same language. That's why I said like singles, doubles. Yeah. If you keep hitting enough singles, you'll eventually get the runner to home and score. So right, or even just like you have to hold batting practice. Right, <laughs> you know? exactly. like you gotta go yeah. super basic. No, for sure. In order to get that bigger goal. Yeah, yeah you, you never know. You might be up to what two strikes and three balls before you're even really, you know, getting your single. In. Right. Josh, exactly. Your perspective on goals that are should scare you. Goals. Goals that well, maybe why do your goals scare you when you set your goals? Not necessarily scare you, but do you? You know, there is that. I want to say scare. Yeah, I think uh, goals should definitely belong in like the uncomfort zone. Like if well you're put. comfortable while achieving your goals, and like from the standpoint of are they scary? I love what you guys just said about it's like if it's scary, break it down into things that don't scare you. And that's what I take away from what you guys were saying. And uh, the, the way I look at it as well is like um, your goals, maybe they should scare you. But if that's the case, it should scare you more to not achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. And that's something I was telling someone recently um, about doing something hard, doing something difficult. It has to be the thought of, of not doing it has to be more has to be more difficult. If you genuinely are in a mindset, like you said, to where it's, um, like you, you're looking like, wow, this goal scares me. Then step back and think about, okay, what scares you more? Um, being told that right now you're not meeting up with your goals, you're not achieving your goals, or finding that out at the end of your life that mm-hmm. you didn't achieve your goals. What's more scary to you? I love you that. Know, so no, so like one one of the things that you're speaking of, and and I think kind of really sums up the idea of why your goals should scare you is exactly what you said exactly what you said you have to have the growth mindset this is all about personal and self-development and you only grow through discomfort nobody grows in their comfort zone that's why your goal should scare you your goal should put you outside of your comfort zone where you're in a position to grow learn be you know and develop 
uh, in a positive trajectory as a human and as a business person. And complacency is the worst place to be. Complacent. What, there's the what's the term there? There's a there's a phrase. Complacency, complacency is, kills. Complacency is like the something of the devil. I don't know. Mm. It's, it's, but yeah, no, I it's that's so killer. So I kind of want to round out asking the question uh, that Sarah and Brian kind of were already organically answering, and that is. How do we accomplish our goals? How do we do that? So it's, it's cool that we sit down, we get our accountability partner, we get our team member, uh, we sit down on an annual basis, quarterly basis, monthly basis, every two-week basis, and we, re, we look at our goals, we uh, reassess them, and we ask ourselves the question of how do we go about accomplishing these goals? I'll tell you how I do mine. I'll tell you how I do mine. I'll actually start this time, um, and because it touches on something that Sarah had already talked about and that was checklists. So if my longest term goal is kind of what my, my why is in life, to leave a legacy, make the world a better place, I would identify my medium term goals as like what I would like to accomplish during that calendar year. And then my short term goals are three to four times every single week, I f- tangibly, physically write out a checklist. And all that checklist is, is the stuff that I need to get done that week to move that ball forward to accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish. There's this phrase that we're all probably familiar with. How do you eat? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite, at a time. <laughs> One bite at a time, right? So we need to break down our goals to these actionable steps to help achieve them, right? I do that through checklists. I do that because it does two things. One, what I do want to talk about and hear everybody's opinion on the importance of writing down your goals. Whether it be a vision board, I have a whiteboard at the bottom of my steps. I literally have to, and that's why I put my goals on. Every single day where I make the 13-step trip down my stairs, all I'm doing is looking at my goals. Hmm. That helps me. That's in addition to me writing my checklist three times a week. And then what do I do? And this is just me because this is me knowing how I learn is I love the catharsis of the physical check. That it's the best. It is the best. <laughs> it is. I always put the things I want to accomplish, the, the that I want to do the least, at the top of my checklist. And then when I check or cross and it's done, the cathartic feeling of, of dopamine and serotonin where you're like, yes. Okay, but moment of honesty. Do you ever write down something on your list that you've already done just so you can check it off? Yes. Oh, 100%. Okay, good. Okay, good. good. Uh, Me too. Hey, that's a life hack. Pro tip. You know? And I don't get everything done. So what I do is when I don't get everything done and I do my second checklist, that goes to the top top, right? It's mm. like the, you've already put this off long enough. Okay. It's time to time to get this thing checked off. And yes, the, the, the catharsis of checking. Checking something off of your checklist feels so good. But what is that? That's you accomplishing a small goal. That's you rewarding yourself for doing something that's going to help you achieve a larger goal. So I'd like to get everybody's opinion on the importance of writing down your goals and how you uh, plan on accomplishing your larger goals through smaller actionable steps. Anybody. Somebody, anybody. All right, I'm going to go to Sarah because she's a checklist person too. So. I am. Um, so my mind has been forever altered by middle school where they make you outline everything. Do you guys remember doing that in middle yeah. school at all? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. So my head forever will be like Roman numeral one is the goal. And then letter <laughs> subletter A, here's kind of a plan for that. And then one, two, three under that. These are my action steps. So you write a small report. A I, <laughs> yeah, here's the <laughs> essay on how well I will. Afterwards? When she's done, no, she but like my, but that's just how my brain works. Like I am very much a structure-minded person. Like I want to know how it all fits together, not just like mindless goal over here and over there. Like I want to feel the structure behind it. So um, that ends up being a lot of how I handle goals. There's the overarching, but then there's the subsets under it that are going to make that overarching happen. Now, now let me ask you this: with that structure. Because to my mind, that's like an advantage. That's like a tool. So do you feel that you kind of bring that to some of your team members as well to help them structure their goals? Or maybe that's an opportunity. That's a skill that you have that's uh, potentially beneficial to your to your team. I hope so. I do. I mean, I feel like when I was in the classroom, that helped my kids. Um, I had a longtime mentor who always told me, because I always tend to be somebody who thinks you can do it all or and like like I said a perfectionist and I had this mentor who would drill into me and everybody else around us you only get three things like your brain can only handle three things and that third spot is even iffy so like for example if I said give name all the shoe brands you can right now most likely you're going to name Nike 
Adidas. And then that third spot is going to be dependent on what you personally like but like the branding of that has so you only get three things so that's in my head too like I get three big overarching goals this year and that's it because I and the third one is iffy because I can't like you you can't physically process more than that and so that's been something that really has been life-changing for me too like I don't want to have Mm. a million goals that I fail at or don't even think about until September, you know, like, because I'm reviewing my goals. It's the third quarter. I better, you know, kick it in. Right. No, like there's going to be three things. They're going to be actionable and let's accomplish this. If this is really a goal. Absolutely. It makes me think about somebody once described me with goals and like with your efforts to achieve goals being kind of like a shotgun. Like, are you shooting buckshot or are you using like a slug? You know, like, are you just kind of spread? Is your Scattering is your pattern around. too spread? Right. Yeah, you're not really. Um, yeah, if your pattern's too spread out, like you said, if you have too many things on the map, then then your focus isn't being, um, you know, concentrated anywhere. Right. And I might have like 25 things that are on those sub lists. So there's a lot of things that are like smaller goals, but they all fit within a larger framework. Yeah, well put. I like that analogy, Josh, because we, we use it uh, bridge building a lot. Uh, you, uh, you're on an island, you want your goals to get to the other island. Well, halfway through building the bridge to there, you maybe you get shiny object syndrome and you stop building that bridge and you go start building another bridge mm -hmm. and you never actually complete the one you really wanted to do. So that would like be your buckshot versus the slug, right? Yeah. No, I super dig that. Brian, did you want to add anything to like, accomplishing your oh. goals, uh, actionable steps to do so? Yeah. Uh, my goals are, I, again, I put them on social media. I right, you don't that. like to organize them like you guys do because my normal w2 job is super structured and yeah. super organized as far as like because i'm a maintenance planner mm -hmm. and so everything's got to be put out there in steps and, and i just hate doing my job so much that i don't want to carry it over when i get home i respect that so i listening to what your guys are talking i like the action board and i'm and i was talking to the missus about getting a whiteboard to hang in the garage to put our goals on so as we walk in and out of there to you know to grab a tool or go to the car or get out you know take off we'll see those goals mm -hmm. because i just can't like I, there's only so much of that craziness i can take 12 hours a day that i can't come home and and repeat it same thing with working on computers i work on a computer all day last thing i want to do is go home and open up a computer and we need to be reminded that's the importance of writing something down to having your vision board. We will get stuck in the doldrums of the day to day and we get we get in our rut and we'll often forget. We'll just we'll we'll find ourselves on cruise control, right? Sometimes we need to walk past our goals. We need to see them. We need to see our why and be like, yes, that's why. That's why I have these goals. That's why I'm gonna do the hard work. That's why I'm trying to do this. I have I have this thing I always say in my class, but it's true throughout life. If you're willing to do something that most people aren't willing to do, you will receive a reward that most people will never see. Yeah, and I think that that's what it what goals do for you because not everybody is out there setting accomplishable goals. You know, they're just there. There's a total mindset. I mean, I don't know if it's a personality thing, but there's definitely a subset of people who this is foreign language and not even something they want to dip into. So if you can be the one who does the work, oh, and man. this is the work, like it, it is, is the work. work. I think uh, this kind of goes back to the very, I feel like this is an idea that a lot of people were introduced to at probably a young age is like the difference between instant gratification and delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. Delayed gratification is a skill. There's so many different things in life that are possible, but only if you can accept delayed gratification. And goals, it's like we're talking about your goals need to basically, your biggest, longest-term goals should have delayed gratification written right into the nature of the goal. Yep. But you should break it down to where you're getting the instant gratification that you need to always feel motivated. Daily checklists. Daily checklists, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a little daily checklist. checklist. Yeah, a little dopamine hit off of your I'm uh, telling daily you. checklist. I'm telling you. Josh, that's you, you nailed it. You and Sarah both nailed it. This is one final quote before I'm going to get to the last part of what I want to talk about. And this is just like what you, we were just saying. The quote is, if you don't make the time to work on creating the life you want, you're going to spend a lot of time dealing with the life you don't want. So the last part I want to do is share with us your goals. I want to hear about your guys' 2023 goals and not just professional, but personal. And I'll go first because I think it's important to have some personal goals, which we kind of talked about off mic. 
I tend to, and this is my fault, I tend to just uh, gear my goals towards professional, not so much my personal life. Yet in 2023, I actually wrote down some personal goals that I wanted to accomplish, and oh, they're on share. my board do as well. Share. Do I'm, share. I'm going to share. So my professional goals for 2023 are to sell $5 million in revenue. That scares the hell out of me because I've been focusing primarily on my school and growing it these last couple of years, uh, and I've kind of taken a step back from being a broker, but I don't want to do that. 2023, I want to get back into it and sell more houses, and my goal is $5 million. I want to open up two new locations for my academy. Um, the, we are going to be opening up sometime in Q1 a Portage location, and I'm hoping before the end of the year that we open one in Granger. And I would like to flip two houses. I'm in the process of flipping my first house. We talked about that. And I would like to have another one done and sold or closed on uh, before the end of this year. And then some of my personal goals, which I actually kind of excite me, is I always wanted to travel more. So I wanted to write down, I want to take three vacations this year. Um, two of them are in the books, and the third I still have to flush out. But I'm going to go to Jamaica next, next month. Um, when my night class ends in May, I'm going to take a weekend trip with one of my friends to Austin. And sometime before the year ends, I want to take a trip to the mountains. Either I want to go back to the Rocky Mountains or I want to go spend some more time in the Smoky Mountains. But I like the idea of using travel as a personal goal because that's one of the reasons I got into real estate, to have the autonomy to be able to do that. So um, other than that, my goals are... I mean, that's pretty much it. I added, I added a couple of, uh, I'm a big music guy. I love music festivals. So I definitely want to, I put on my vision board also all the concerts I wanted to attend that I haven't attended before. And, you know, I certainly don't want to skimp on the live music. That's something that's super important to me personally. But uh, those are my 2023 goals. Go around the room. Somebody else want to share? Um, sure. So I kind of found a theme in my goals my three big goals this year and that was all that they were like future investments so i know some people do a word of the year i've never done that before a word of the year yeah have you what's never a word of the that? year like you set my word of the year this year is invest okay. so i realized that this is going to be like a year where i'm going to invest time money self into things that may not pay off quite yet right so sure. um but other people will pick words like I mean, you can pick whatever you want. Um, power or I don't know. Yeah, just like Money. a jump. Like yeah. How you would summarize Money, maybe sure, yeah. your yeah. goals in like one word. Where you want things to go. So sure. I, it kind of just happened organically. But um, like I've already said, I want to invest in my health. I have a lot of kind of subunits on that of what I need to do to get my body to work again. Um, I'm investing in my real estate team. So... Um, our team grew very organically, very quickly. Like we've tripled in size in three months, so four months. So there's a lot of like back end work that I have to do to that I couldn't have seen all of this coming. And so now I have to really kind of invest in those people. A lot of them are brand new agents that are going to need some handholding. Um, but obviously that'll have benefits in the long term too. And then I do want to invest in real estate this year. My I grew up with my dad flipping houses and having rentals. And um, so the goal is to flip one and buy one to hold this year. Right on. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Love it. Brian, what are your goals for 2023? Oh, I've got personal and, and real estate. Let's so I'll start with the personal. I want to lose the weight. I actually got approved for it. So that, I know this one will actually happen yeah. for a change. Like I've, that one's always been on the list and it's a hell. Yeah, I'm still big. But no, I got approved for uh, Brian, gastric sleeve. So oh, I'm, wow. Yeah. What is I'm, it? I'm gastric sleeve. Really? From the insurance company. So I don't know the date yet. I, I go back later this month. I, hopefully, I'll have a, a, a date, but I'm going to try to shoot for September because I want to golf, you know? Yes. I don't want to. <laughs> I want to golf with you, by the way. Okay, yeah. That, that's super a goal. <laughs> that's a short-term goal. We can I like check, it. check that one. Oh, that's no, a play but, goal. Um, I like that goal. I got to lose the weight. Oh, I want to get back into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I, I, I put it off because I hurt myself, and then I got into real estate, and I moved, and I want to get back into it. I'm so close to being a purple belt. I want to try to get the end of the year be a purple yes um great goal and then um the time management and 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 being better for the family you know the as a husband or a father but as far as real estate i put myself on blast for i want 20 transactions this year hell yeah and i finished up with 13 last year I, I i did take a month off because i was just burning myself out yeah with work and and everything else but uh and then then the market slowed but um 
I, I started a, I, I wanted to start a, a business, which I did. It's almost done. I'm waiting for, you know, the information to come back, but that's Manning Properties LLC. So I got that rolling. Uh, I want to start TikTok and Instagram. And on the way here, I actually had an epiphany of a really cool thing I can do on TikTok, but I'm not going to spoil it because I don't want anyone to jump on it. You I had think, an epiphany on the way here? I did. I, I think it would be. Cause Light bulb right, moment? Yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's a, uh, it's something I haven't seen out there yet, and I think if I did it, it would be comical, oh, and man. and at the same time, it would flock an audience. Uh-huh. So I, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm eager. I want to know. Yeah. Okay, like, quick, yes. let's yeah, wrap I, this up. I, I want him to tell us off camera. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, it, it might suck at first, but I'm hoping to. You know, I got to learn all that stuff and, yeah. and get that rolling. And then uh, the last thing is, I want to purchase my first investment property. Good, awesome, great goals, great goals. And lastly, Mr. Wozniak. Yeah, those are all great goals. And uh, you guys have uh, illuminated for me today. I'm like thinking of it like um, like a, a sales funnel, essentially. I'm realizing that, um, like what you said, a goal is a dream with a deadline. Yep. And so the thing is, I'm like a dreamer. I have a lot of dreams that I'm realizing here today. They're not goals yet. So my new goal that I'm setting right now is to take more of my dreams and convert them into goals. Um, and then take those goals and, like we've talked about here today, convert them down into um, habits and routines and, um, you know, plans. Um, but so I have a, a business goal to make $50,000 this year um, and also to um, acquire an investment property, at least one investment property. Um, and uh, I also have a goal this year to swim 50 miles. Um, I just went to the pool the other day. After a moment in my life where I just realized I wasn't doing, I'm not doing well enough. I wasn't pushing myself and I'm just, I'm not, you know, I got a lot of different roles. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a businessman, person. And uh, so I just need to do better. So I went the other day and just decided that I was going to push myself more than what I normally did. I swam a mile. Then I went back the next day at like 6 a.m. and swam another mile. So I want to swim 50 miles this year. Um, and probably more. And, uh, yeah, I just want to, um, like I said, a lot of it's dreams for me and I'm realizing that right now, but like, um, I want to, I want to get closer this year to being able to deliver like a, a professional speech, Mm -hmm. um, and work on writing a book. Um, I want to, I want to write a book that's based on interviewing people, uh, for what, what they would want to impart. Um, if their hour was near, you know, like what in reflection is, mm. what do you want to share with people? So I want to write a book on that. Um, I actually got, um, some equipment to do my own podcast. I did like a pilot episode, um, for something just real wide ranging. Um, and a buddy of mine and I did one episode. So, um, I just want to do some more podcasting and, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of dreams, and yeah. I, I I will report back into turning those into goals. You know, I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing that. There's actually, I know we're getting long here. We're actually probably the longest episode we've done so far. But this is such good content, and there's just two really important things that I want to point out that we've kind of all are organically flushed out here. Number one, specifically to real estate goals and professionally, please note as you're listening to this, there's no wrong way to set your goals. Brian set a goal of units sold. I set a goal of volume sold. Josh set a goal of commissions earned. All three are perfectly acceptable and unique to us and how we want to go about accomplishing them, right? So there's no wrong way to set your goals. The second thing that you guys kind of organically flushed out, specifically Josh just now, is make space for your goals to change. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to sit down on January 1st and you have one week to map out all your 2023 goals. That's, That's not, no. As life happens, as epiphanies happen on the way here, as you realize you've got a lot of dreams and you've maybe never really wrote them down or flushed them out, make space in your life for your goals to always be changing and augmenting. And that's just super important. I love this podcast. This is such a good a good episode, a great episode. And I want to make sure that anybody who's listening, uh, whether you're under the umbrella or out of the umbrella, and you're struggling with goal creation, there's four hosts in this podcast. And I know uh, you've probably gravitate toward one of us. Um, every one of us, I can speak for us all. I know I can. Would love to hear from you if you're struggling on creating a goal, would like some direction. Uh, please do not hesitate to reach out to any one of us. Let us help you and bring you that value so that it just in turn makes us all better people, better brokers, better humans, right? 
Definitely. And hey, if I can add one thing to this, uh, Brandon, I was talking to you about this before the episode began. But one of my dreams is relating to uh, providing people with, you know, nutritious food alternatives, mm-hmm. whether it's like locally grown fruit or meat, vegetables, things like that. But as I was telling you, I started a vending machine company called Vendwell LLC. And so that's a dream of mine. And I'm taking that into a goal. My goal is to get at least one vending machine out there this year and have that be lucrative and uh, hopefully for that to segue into some relationships as well. That you awesome. know, can Any other final business. thoughts on goals, guys? Great episode. Super appreciate yeah. everyone. Very good episode. All their uh, Just go out there and make them and crush them. Make them and crush them. Crush your goals and be damn proud of it yourself when you do. Yep. And, and except take the good with the bad, too. You know, yeah, it's not all going to be perfect. Like like you said with the elephant, one bite at a time, Don't if you're new to this real estate, don't set a – you know, 50 transaction goal. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen your first time out. Right. Set something that's realistic. Yeah. And there's all sorts of resources and opinions on goals. Like if you Google goals, like how to set a goal, you're going to get a dozen minimum different ways to do it. Like there are smart goals and there's like, there's goal workshops. Like you can, but you, you can do it however you want. Like you said, but you have, but just do something like do something. the saddest thing would be to do nothing <laughs> you know that would be the the worst takeaway would be like oh yeah that they've got goals that's good and then that i mean that that would not be okay to just walk away and not do anything that would be like that's what's paralyzing to me that's what's scary kind of like you were saying in the beginning josh the scariest thing would be to do nothing and to like it's scarier to me to be complacent than it is to have a goal that I don't quite make in a year, you know? Yep. And that's good. I love that. So as a final thought, do something, people. Do something. Just, <laughs> just do, do something. It. Just do it. That uh, Shia LaBeouf. Thing. Shia LaBeouf. Just Go watch that video. Do it. Too. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I super appreciate you making it all the way to the end of this episode. Certainly hope that you brought value or got value from this. I know I did. I think everybody else sitting here did as well. Uh, thanks for letting us take some space in your ear holes and we will see you again in two weeks. See you then. Later. Bye.